Introducing the Little Giants Podcast, brought to you by Highlight Hub, hosted by Eric Allison and Joey Riccatoni. He drops back to pass. Oh, and he strips sack. It's a fumble. He could go all the way. Touchdown. That's how winning is done. That's why we lift all them weights. It's a game of inches, gentlemen. Respect is earned. Riff said. The Little Giant. Your team sucks, see? Bring one in. Welcome to the Little Giants podcast. That's what we were looking for. All right. Yeah. Okay. Let's. We got video. Unless it runs out, which it definitely will. It might. I got a lot of pictures on that thing. Um, All right. Welcome back, Andrew and Cody. Thanks for watching. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in again. Really appreciate it. All right. Let's try not to peek this thing. We only have one mic, so we're practically kissing. Two guys, one mic. Oh. Who would have thought? All right. Oh, damn it. What the hell just happened? Oh, no. We're still recording. We're good. All right. All right. So, last week we did our first episode. It went pretty well. All three of you seemed to enjoy it. The, the Instagram account is doing really well. I think it has six followers. Six followers. My fiance. Me. My two accounts. And then uh, two other people. So it's not bad. We're doing pretty well. We got two people. There's actually a dude who has like 5,000 followers who followed us. So hopefully he remains after this. Well, we should start spamming him to get a... To get some shout-outs or something. You know? Probably. I mean, he's worked really hard for his platform, but we, yeah. we want some, too. How do we start putting out ads? Like, should we get, like, a bus bench or something? <laughs> <laughs> it gets a lot of traction for the airwaves, <laughs> baby. <clears throat> All right, but, um... I think this podcast is about football, right? It is. Okay. All right, so last night, Bears-Bucks, Super Bowl 52 rematch... Um, it was interesting to say the <laughs> least. I I'm a huge fan of Nick Foles being the best terrible quarterback in the league. I think yeah. it's I think it's so fun to watch a bad quarterback still beat good quarterbacks. Yeah, we were texting last night and we were literally like, you texted me and you're like, I can't tell if Nick Foles is good or not, and it's so true because you're watching and he's. I remember he he missed that one like that deep the what was it the post corner. No, there was that one to uh, that rookie. What's his name? Uh, number 11. Lo- Looney or Mooney? Mooney. Mooney. Mooney, yeah. No, there was that one that was really bad, but also it was like even worse. They, he, he ran, uh, Alan Robinson ran like a little rub route. He was running like an arrow. It was on the third and five. And Nick Foles missed him wide open. And Joe Buck, even. It wasn't even Troy Aikman. Joe Buck was like, that's a horrible miss. And Troy was <laughs> like, yeah, Joe, that's, that's about the worst thing I've ever seen. And then they're... I don't know. Troy Aikman seemed to have a lot of beef with like 
them pulling Mitch Trubisky for Nick Foles because he's like, it's not that much better. He was, it, and he was, it really wasn't. Like, yeah. Like, a lot of his best throws were to running backs out of the backfield like that. He threw a wheel to Cordero Patterson. Yeah. That was probably his best throw, one of his best throws of the night. Yeah. Because he just hit him right in stride and, like, I don't know, thrown out of the backfield. I think Trubisky can do that. Yeah. You know, Allen Robinson had a huge night still, too, but... Well, and Mitch Trubisky, too, also gives you more of an RPO option because he's way more mobile than Nick Foles is. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. It seemed like... I, but, end of the day, it's like they pull out the... They pull out the win, so you're going to keep rolling with the hot hand. But Mitch Trubisky also hadn't lost yet either, had he? No, uh, he had lost once. Once? Or no, no, no. Did the Bears lose last Are week? Are they 4-0? No, they're three. They're 4-1 and one now. Right, 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 right. So which game did he lose? Let's pull this up. I don't know. But, Dish for a minute. But the, the Bears are... I think they're going to be a team that wins a lot of games and wins them ugly like they did last night. You know, just like... Just somehow pulling it off, because... I mean, you watched the game, and it did not feel like the Bears were winning at any point in that game last night. I don't know about you, but, like... No. Okay, so they lost to Indianapolis, who was the best the best defense, basically, in the league. Like, I mean, Chicago's probably number two, and then Tampa Bay's probably number three for best defenses, realistically. So, I mean, like, that's not a bad loss to take, but, I mean, that was... I Mitch Trubisky was 3-0. Or 2-0, at least. And yeah. then Foles took over in the third game. Won it for them. So he erased the deficit or whatever. But, I don't know, it just still kind of seems... Yeah, but also it was against the Falcons. So it's like, what did, you know... Right. And it's like, so... I think I could lead a comeback against the Falcons. Maybe. Sure. Hey. Sure. Not. Okay, this thing's falling over. This is this is not good. Um, but, yeah. Brady looked... I mean, I think they knew they were going into, like... A tough game, regardless. Okay, this thing is literally going to fall over. We're going to pause for one sec, and we'll be right back. Yeah. Okay. And we're back. Brought to you by apartments.com. All right, where were we? Um, so, yeah, Brady looked a little shaken up. Honestly, I think the ultimate reason for that loss is just, like, they were the Bucks were so undisciplined. Yeah, I mean, that, and also the fact that Arians wants to stretch the ball down the field, like, he wants to push it down the field, and the Bears were just getting after Tom Brady. Like, mm-hmm. he had no time to stand in there and let plays develop. Right. And, like, in New England, that's not an issue for Tom Brady, because he just, he's getting rid of the ball, like, two seconds in New England. Right. But because the system in Tampa wants to push the ball down the field, it's just, you can't do that against teams with, you know... Elite Khalil Mack. Yeah, yeah. Who decided to show up last night and was just a monster. Like, yeah. I didn't see anyone, like, when you watch the, like, highlights of a play that Khalil Mack made, you're just, you're like, these offensive linemen can't do anything. Like, he's, he's dropping his shoulder and, like, getting almost perpendicular to the ground. Right. When he's bending that corner against guys like Tristan Wirfs, who's a, he's a pretty good rookie, but he's, like, he's 6'6". 350 pounds. Yeah. You know, like, he just boy. can't get low enough like that. Yeah, I don't know. It's like those Iowa guys are, like, there's a lot of, like, big boys in the league, but Iowa is just, like, the freak, like, Marshall Yonda type of dudes who are just, like, animals out there. I don't know. But, I mean, aside from getting hip-tossed by Khalil Mack with one arm, he had a, 
an all right day. Like Khalil Mack was kind of like working around the whole line. He was flipping yeah. left side and right side. So what can you do when you're like going against a top three pass rusher? But but the thing is, like Khalil Mack, the last two years has not been the top three pass rusher. Like he's kind of fallen off the map a little bit since his first year in Chicago. And that was 2018, right? Yeah. When and they had I, the number one defense. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because of effort or because he's getting, you know, double team, triple teamed on plays, but it was nice to see Khalil Mack in prime time making big plays again because I'm a big fan of the guy. Right. I was listening to uh, Pro Football Talk and they're like talking about just because you mentioned prime time that Brady's got to be like pulling his hair out right now because everyone from Boston and all that are watching those games and he's not producing without Belichick, even though he threw five touchdowns last week, but... Still, it's like, I don't know, I think there's still that adjustment period, and there were a couple moments, I don't know, it's like, going back, I think the biggest play that kind of defined that game, other than the drive with all those penalties that basically knocked Tampa back, it was, um, it was a third and five, I think, and it was when they were going on that drive to kick the field goal that essentially won Chicago the game they're running that little it was it wasn't really a rub route concept but Alan Robinson oh, ran yeah, a little yeah, hitch yeah. and had that pick but he actually didn't even touch uh didn't even touch the defensive back and was it David Montgomery who ended up like running that wheel route yeah. down the field it yeah. was just like a beautifully set up play and super heads up by Alan Robinson for not making any contact and honestly I think that's the big reason why Nagy is going with Foles over Trubisky is like he can run his type of like creative offensive plays right with Foles because with Trubisky he hasn't been able to open up the offense so like even though the production looks similar I think they're able to do more creative things and keep defenses on their toes a little more right even though statistically Foles doesn't look like he's that much better than Trubisky I think the offense is a lot more opened up with him definitely but I mean you know even last night it's like him and Brady's stats were basically identical yeah and like I'm pretty sure Foles actually had a better uh QBR he had less incompletions um, but I mean, what can you do? So, you know, maybe they'll meet in the playoffs if the Bears can keep it rolling. But I mean, that's going to be the biggest thing because Foles is a streaky player and he hasn't really had a full sample size of like, you know, he's, well, over the next like 11 games, we're going to see if he's actually legit or not because he's been basically at most a six game streak kind of guy, you know? Yeah. Um, did they add one team or two teams to the playoffs this year? Uh, one wild card spot. One more wild card spot. So like, I could see the Bears definitely getting that wild card spot. I, their defense is playing how you expect their defense to play. Yeah. And I think Foles is just good enough to not lose them games. Right. And I again back to Trubisky and Foles. I think that might be one of the things is like Foles is not gonna really lose you a game. Right, definitely. Whereas Trubisky was like, he'll make the bonehead Aaron throw. Yeah, you know. But I mean, who knows? So okay, now let's uh, let's touch on a little college football. We got the number one Clemson Tigers taking on. I think they're the num- is number seven Miami Hurricanes. I believe. I'm not sure. The college football is like so like topsy turvy this year with certain opt outs and like certain 
school's not even playing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to, like... Yeah, I don't even gauge know. who's gonna be good. I don't even know who's, how they're gonna determine the college football playoff because like the Big Ten hasn't played at all yet. They literally like three weeks ago were like, "All right, it's happening this yeah. year," and people are like, "Oh, it's gonna be Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence." But it's like, okay, well, do they deserve to do that if they play four games this year and everyone else plays like ten? So that's weird. They're also talking about that for the NFL this year. If the COVID situation gets out of control about just doing it based off of win percentage, which is ridiculous. It's like, just do a bubble format or get hotels like how they did for the NHL and the NBA. Yeah. The problem is it's the NFL season's like long, you know, like they, they didn't do the bubble format from the start of the season to the, to the NBA finals. Like the last 10 games and then the the playoff playoff turn, you know, like with NFL, you're looking at 20 weeks in right. a bubble. Right. I think it's just like, it's weird. It's like you have to do some sort of hotel thing where it's, you basically have the team living within the hotel and just commuting on the buses to practice and back. It's like, if that's a lot to ask for, it's like you're making $25 million a year. Like a lot of these guys, even regardless, if you're making league minimum, you're making $750,000. It's like you can handle living in a hotel for three months. It's not that big. Well, yeah, I mean, people move out to Alberta for half the year to work in the oil rigs, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's the same sort of deal. You know, this is, it, it's enough money where it makes it worth it, you know, to just... Especially some of these young guys, you know, that, like, don't have, like, kids and stuff. Yeah. Just, yeah, I forget you know. who it was on Philadelphia, but he was basically being like, there shouldn't have been a season at all. It's like, dude, you're saying that as a starter who's collecting... That's Darius Slay. Yeah, Darius Slay, that's who it was. And it's like, you're saying that as a guy in your position. All of these other guys, like, all these rookies are undrafted free agents, all that. They're like, cough in my mouth, I don't care, just let me get on the <laughs> practice field. It's like, they don't... They don't care because yeah. they're trying to make a name for themselves. And one year, you know, one year out of the league or whatever, that could be their whole window because then you got a whole class of fresh new guys coming up to take their spots. Yeah. Like, people are trying to prove themselves right now. Well, like, the COVID situation is weird because now we got a game on Tuesday night. Yeah. Like, the Titans-Bills game is on Tuesday night. And it's like, I think it's going to get to a point where, like, you know, every team will have a couple of positive tests and, like, games are going to get flexed randomly. And we, yeah. <laughs> we might have a... Sorry. No, I'll keep going. Yeah. <laughs> the audience will go. Just got a phone call from my buddy. Totally lost my train of thought. Flex games. Flex oh, yeah. Games. We might get into a, uh, get to a point where we have NFL football every single day. You know? Right. Which, I mean, I wouldn't be mad at, but... Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. It'd be pretty cool. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. They got to figure something out, but whatever. Let's get off the COVID subject for a minute. Have you heard of this COVID thing? COVID squawk? Um, <laughs> Polly, you want a cracker? Um, so, yeah. Basically, just to touch on college football, Clemson Tigers taking on Miami Hurricanes. Number one prospect, as everyone knows. Not as we all know, but as everyone knows. Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. I'm just going to say one thing on this guy. He needs to learn how to slide 
because every t- he's like a deceptively good open field runner, but he tries to lower his shoulder and run through guys. And I don't know, I just watched him and I was like, this guy's going to get lit up. Like Justin, like because he's yeah. he's smaller than Justin Herbert is, and Justin Herbert got lit up because he didn't slide and didn't get out of bounds fast enough the other way. Like week. I don't think quarterbacks realize that defensive players dream of the day that a quarterback is like running up high with his chest exposed, just like oh man, <laughs> and waiting and just like begging to get crunched. You know, like this. Yeah. Well, I remember Johnny Manziel. Like especially if you're. If you're uh, one of these kind of flashy guys, which I, Trevor Lawrence isn't, he seems just like a stand-up dude from what I've seen, but I remember... Bad hair. Yeah, real bad hair. Ugly nose. Whatever. Can't talk. <laughs> um, yeah, literally. <laughs> um, but I remember Johnny Manziel, they are playing... The Browns were playing the Carolina Panthers in his rookie year, and he got lit up by uh, Thomas Davis, was it? Mm. And just like... You could tell it's like they were waiting all year to get their hands on yeah, this guy just I mean, because like, of the way he carried himself. It's like that's another reason why it's important to be a stand-up guy as a quarterback and to be a franchise guy because you just have a target on your head at all times. Um, but yeah, so to touch on a couple games this weekend, Vikings versus Seahawks. Um, there's a couple big matches or matchups, rather, uh, going on. DK Metcalf versus Holton Hill and Mike Hughes. I was looking at the PFF grades, pro football focus. Well, I know Mike Hughes is really short. Yeah, it, it seems like there's going to be a lot of great opportunity for Holton Russell. Hill's a little bit taller, though, isn't he? He's, he's like 6'2". Yeah, he's a bit bigger, but in general, it just seems like... You know, because there's DK Metcalf, but we're also forgetting Tyler, Tyler Lockett, Lockett yeah. in the slot. So, so I think, in all likelihood, Holton Hill is going to follow DK Metcalf, because otherwise, Russell Wilson, he's so accurate, he can just put it in the spot where Mike Hughes isn't going to be able to even get to the pass. Right. You know, he's not going to be able to even bother DK, so I think Mike Hughes will match up with Tyler Lockett. And Probably, but I don't know. They're definitely missing Xavier Rhodes right now, like... Which is weird, because he was terrible the last two years in Minnesota, and then he goes to Indy, and now he's making plays again. Right. Well, they said he lost weight, and, like, that's, like, been a big thing for him, which is weird to think of as, like, a corner. Like, you don't really think of a defensive back needing to lose weight to become better in coverage. You're like, obviously, you can't be 250 pounds out there, but... Well, I could. Eh, maybe. <laughs> but after the whole, like, Seattle thing of... Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor and uh, Brandon Browner. Brandon Browner. Yeah, big corners. Yeah, that became like the prototype. And then you got the Browns like the next year who just have no original thought whatsoever. They're like, let's draft Pierre Desir, like a D1 AA guy who's 6'3. And he's just out here getting mossed by Jerry Judy now. Like, But now he's pretty good in Indianapolis. Who? Pierre Desir. No, he's the, he's on the Jets now. Oh, is he? Yeah, no, and he got mossed by Jerry Judy last week. Oh, okay. yeah, no. couple a couple years ago, he was actually decent in Indianapolis. Yeah, that was probably back when they had Vontae Davis though, so he wasn't really covering a number one. But um, whatever. But yeah, and then you got Justin Jefferson, who's like the highest graded receiver as a rookie, man. Like, honestly, I after um, what's his name came out of Ole Miss. 
Uh, Minnesota drafted him as well. Oh, uh, Laquan Treadwell. Laquan Treadwell. I, I don't know. I was kind of like, I don't know. It's the whole receiver thing. I feel like you're always looking for value picks with them. Well, like, yeah, because there are a lot of, like, receiving, like receivers at the NFL level, the good ones, it just comes down to, like, route running and being able to get open, right? They're all, athlete, they're all athletes. Right. So, like, you know. Creating separation off the line is just such a big deal, and that's against the Texans. Like, he was, you know, he's stair-stepping, he's stutter-stepping, he's 2C sliding, whatnot. I don't know. He was just, like, he looked like a vet out there already, super comfortable, and just his separating speed, too. It's, well, I mean, like, they're they're lucky he does look as confident and as, like, good as he does because Stefan Diggs is has been unbelievable in Buffalo. And right. if if they weren't getting some sort of production out of the guy they replaced Diggs with, the you know, Vikings fans would be up in arms. Right, for sure. Well, I mean, it would be like what happened with DeAndre Hopkins in Houston now, where it's yes. like, let's do the receiver by committee format. And then meanwhile, it's like you have Brandon Cooks, who probably has like five catches this season. And who knows who else that they have on that roster. It's like they're a dumpster fire right now. And every move that Bill O'Brien made as a GM is coming back to bite them. And, you know, well, well, I mean, they don't have a first-round pick for the next two years. Right. They don't have a second-round pick next year. Like, you traded Jadavion Clowney and Dwayne Brown. You bring in... And Hopkins. You mm-hmm. bring in Tunsil and David Johnson. Right. And you have less picks to show for it. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of sounding like some of my... Uh, fantasy football trades that I try and offer people, but they never go through. I don't understand that. It's like, how do you not realize you're getting fleeced in those scenarios? Ugh, excuse me. Um, but, yeah, so Justin, <laughs> Justin Jefferson versus Sha- Shaquille Griffin and Quentin Dunbar. I think that'll be, like, pretty fun matchup to see, but... And my, they still have Thielen, you know? Like, don't forget about Adam right. Thielen. He's still... Well, he's still, like, the workhorse and, like, the leader of that receiver group now. Yeah. Especially with Diggs gone, so... I don't know. I think Seattle always plays down the competition, though. They never smoke the teams that they're supposed to... Like, last week against Miami. Yeah, I mean, it's true. I I still like Seattle yeah. to win the game. Yeah. They'll, they'll always find a way, but I, I do agree. I think it'll be... A lot closer than it should. Yeah, than it should be. Yeah, I don't know. But, I don't know, Minnesota's, like, they went to an NFC Championship two years ago, right? So it's like... I know, but I'm, just, I'm not a Kirk Cousins guy, and I think the defense is not what we're used to seeing. Yeah. Like, I love Eric Kendricks, I love Harrison Smith. Mm-hmm. But, like, and Daniil Hunter. Yeah. But, like, they lost Everson Griffin. I don't know who's pass rushing opposite of yeah. Hunter. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with that one. Um, and then, okay, so, yeah, Philly versus Pittsburgh. I think that's going to be a sweet game to watch for sure. Like, Steelers front seven is nasty this year. And their safeties, Minka Fitzpatrick, who I wanted the Browns to draft so bad two years ago or whenever he was drafted. I don't know. I think I think like we talked about last week, Pittsburgh is a legit Super Bowl caliber. Yeah, I, I think sure. Pittsburgh smokes Philly. Yeah, I think honestly, I think it's gonna be another close one too, just simply because of Carson Wentz though. Because I think the pass rush is gonna get to them, and Carson Wentz is gonna be 
drowned out of the pocket, but that's when he does his best sort of thing, you know? When he imp- when he's improvising, and I don't think... But I, mean, I think the Steelers know that, you know? Like, I think they're, like, in that their defensive meetings right now, they're harping on TJ Watt and Bud Dupree. Like, you keep him in the pocket. Right. And let our guys up front, like a, like our interior guys, right. clean Cam up. Hayward. Yeah, they're, I mean, Pittsburgh's defense is so good, and Philly's offense is, first of all, hampered by injuries, and just Carson Wentz is like the worst-rated starting quarterback in the league right now. I know he's not the worst starting quarterback right. in the league, but he's playing like it right now. Right. I mean, it's like last week in San Francisco, he found a way to get the job done. And I think that could just be one of those games. Like, it's not going to be pretty. There's going to be a lot of mistakes. But I do think he'll make it close. And especially if Alshon Jeffrey's back. Because right now, based off the injury report, he's questionable. So if they get him back, that could be a real difference maker. And Deshaun Jackson might be back, too. Because Joe Hayden is like... The dude... Gets exposed a lot. Yeah, I mean he's receivers. he's getting on, and he's his best days are behind him. But for I think sure. the same for Jeffrey and Jackson. You know, like yeah. I don't think Deshaun Jack he can still run fast in a straight line, but like yeah. he hasn't been healthy in two years. Right, and neither is Alshon Jeffrey. He's been banged up basically since, since the, the Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't know. So they're really gonna have to get James Conner going. Like Pittsburgh is gonna have to get James Conner going, and. Because his defense is still really good. Yeah, they're still good. They got Fletcher Cox. They got our boy Alex Singleton. CFL, what's up? I know. Uh, pick six last week. Yeah. That thing was a gift, though. It was super good. Yeah. Bad. Well, I mean, it's it was Nick Mullins, you know? Yeah. Like, it, like you can give Carson Wentz, like, he, he found a way to get it done, but mm-hmm. he went against Nick Mullins, and then they pulled him and put in C.J. Beathard. Right. So it's like... They also don't have Nick Bosa. Yeah, like, that team is <laughs> super banged up, so I I don't put a lot of stock into that win. Mm-hmm. But I still think Carson Wentz is good enough to, like, make a game out of the Pittsburgh game, but I, right. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, well... It remains to be seen. Raiders versus Chiefs. Did New England figure out Patty Mahomes? Go elaborate on this one, because I want to hear what you think. Okay. All right. This is what we're saying. The only three times... This is what Joey's saying. No. This is... This is what I heard. (laughs) No. Okay. The only three times Pat Mahomes has been held without a touchdown in the first half... Have been against the Patriots. I think it's kind of like how last year Lamar Jackson kind of got figured out a little bit, and then in the playoffs he really got completely shut down and he couldn't do anything. I don't know. I think things are kind of started because everyone has that to a degree. Like every good team, other than the Patriots, it seems like when they had Tom Brady and whatnot. But it's like. They, there's nothing really to figure out for the most part. Like, Bill Belichick's a genius, no duh, but it's like they just play fundamentally sound football the whole yeah. way through. I think when you have a very techy, intricate, layered, lot of movement style, it's a lot of window dressing. But when it comes down to it, it's like, if you can't play disciplined, fundamental football, it doesn't really matter, and eventually you'll get figured out because... It's just smoke and mirrors when yeah. it comes down to it, right? So I don't mean because it's like Pat Mahomes is, you know, top three quarterback 
in the league right now. So he's just going to make plays based off of his raw ability when he needs to. But what I'm saying is, in general, with, like, he can't do it on his own. So have has... Are other teams watching that tape and pointing out how the Patriots played them in the first half? But the thing I would say about that is, like... Okay, yeah, they're the only team to have held Pat Mahomes to no touchdowns in the first half, but we've seen Pat Mahomes struggle in the first half of games. Right. You know, against the Chargers this year, mm-hmm. the you know, he was not playing well in the first half. Look at the entire playoff run last year. Right. You know, I... Down 24 against Houston early. Yeah, like, I, I do agree that Belichick, if anyone's going to figure out Mahomes, it's Belichick. Mm-hmm. But... To say that they figured out Mahomes and the Chiefs is a, is a little... Yeah, it, was, it was posing a question to get the conversation on. I don't really think that they have figured him out because I just think he's a fan. I mean, yeah, I know that I think good, he is a fantastic you know? player, right? He I'll is too good. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to come out and say. This the, Mahomes kid ain't, ain't too bad. He's got a rocket front arm. <laughs> and that, that hill kid's quick. The best kept secret in the league. Oh, Lord. Okay, but in terms of the Raiders and the Chiefs, what do you think? Um, okay, well, well, I think if the Raiders can score more points than the Chiefs, they're going to win. All right, John. <laughs> <laughs> me, me and my good pal were talking about that last night, about, like, how do some sports analysts get jobs? When yeah. It's like, if they can stop them on third down, it's going to be a turnover. The key to the game <laughs> is prevent them from scoring. That is the key. you got to catch the ball and tackle. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think if the Raiders can keep it tight early by getting Josh... I basically think it'll come down to the Raiders will win if they can... Or they'll keep it close or cover the spread or whatever because it's the KC's favored by 13. Um, I think they'll cover the spread at least if they can win the time of the possession game. So they really have to like pound the rock with Josh Jacobs early because Derek Carr will be forced into making a mistake if he has to pass a lot. Yeah. And if Henry Ruggs is healthy and they can get him involved because it was, I forget who, the second game of the season that the Raiders played, I forget who it was, but it was the last game that Ruggs played in and there were three or four plays where it was like, it's kind of like the Tyreek Hill effect where he's just like blazing down the middle of the field and Derek Carr isn't looking, mm. you know? It's it's like if you open your eyes and take that deep shot, which I think Carr has been apprehensive about, especially since Gruden's been around because he doesn't want to make mistakes. Yeah, well, like he's, like it's obvious that he's been on a short leash since Gruden got there. Right. And I think that before Gruden got there, the team was just so bad. Like they just had no talent where... He couldn't throw the ball down the field. He right. was throwing checkdowns all the time because none of his receivers were open. Right. And just like with that kind of speed, I think it can be scary and there's like more anticipation that has to go into it. I think it, it also comes in like, because like Derek Carr was having an MVP caliber season the year when the... When yeah, the when Raiders, he broke his leg in he, the playoffs. Yeah, and that's like I think since then he had like he just hasn't really been the same. You know, I, you could say the same about a lot of players like Carson Wentz too, but I think if he can kind of 
go back and look at that film as long as Rose is playing it and be like, dude, just peek the deep shot on these plays. Yeah. Because, you know, it could be decided by a couple of big chunk plays. Like, that's how Kansas City wins games, too. They improvise and they make big chunk plays. It's not a lot of long, methodical drives. So, I think if the Raiders... The Raiders... <laughs> can get Josh Jacobs going, Lil' KC to sleep and then hit some deep shots with rugs like it could be a serious game it's like who knows they could pull off the win but i you know i would i mean we're gonna get into the picks later so i won't give it away now but um you know i think rugs is gonna get going and just him even being on the field is like such a threat for sure that i think it opens up the game a lot for them right i i think yeah to your point that's that's kind of the blueprint to at least stay close with Casey is mm-hmm. just to keep them off the field. Right. Because they're going to score and they're going to score quickly. Right. And so you just need to limit the number of possessions they actually get. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, I think that's going to be a good one to watch. But also, in terms of wildly high... <clears throat> excuse me. It's the donuts. It, yeah, I know. Uh, too many of those. But in terms of point spreads that I think are like too high, like I think 13 points is too much for Casey versus... The Raiders are a good team. They have a lot of talent, and they I think they can hang with anyone. For sure. Definitely. It's just their... De- the, the, the thing is, their defensive backfield, I just... Oh. Oh. Yeah, okay, yeah. sorry. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, My sister's outside. Their, the, their defensive backfield is just not good. And yeah. I think... Jonathan Abram needs to get it going because that guy likes to talk a big game. And he's a really aggressive, hard player. Like, I really like the way he plays the game, but... Terrible sleeves, though. Yeah. What is that? It's like <laughs> this whole thing? It's like, like the Ronnie Lott sleeves, but it's 2020, you know? No, dude. Cut your finger off, cut the sleeves, then maybe <laughs> we'll start playing a bit better. But yeah, way too, way too high of a point spread, I think, for the KC one, but also Chargers Saints. Saints are... Seven and a half point favorite, call it eight, round it up. But um, honestly, dude, like the way the Chargers have been playing, every single one of their games has been a one possession game that they lost. I mean, that's always the thing with the Chargers. I think right now, um, they're they aren't scoring in the red zone. They're number six in the league in yards mm-hmm. and number twenty eight in points. Right. So they're driving the ball down the field and walking away with field goals or turning the ball over in the red zone. Right. And I think I think Herbert, he's been amazing, and now it's just time to punch the ball through the end zone, you know. And if we can do that, I think for sure cover the spread, maybe even the Chargers have a chance to win. I think so Saints. too, dude, because it's like the Saints, it's like they had that big comeback win last week against Detroit, but it's like we've seen – the struggles that they've had. I don't think they're as pronounced as everyone likes to make it seem and saying that Drew Brees, like, he's definitely lost arm strength, but the guy's, like, 40-something now. Like, that's just natural. But, I don't know. Like, I really think... I think they got to get Hunter Henry targets in the red zone because that's a big athletic dude that you're not capitalizing on in those situations. For sure. I think the play calling in the red zone has been a little vanilla. I mean, it's, like... I think last week it was like dive, dive, play action, nothing was open, right. kick the field goal. You know, like get creative. The, the team is loaded with talent. You got a lot of weapons on the field. Mm-hmm. Use them. Definitely. We signed Donald Parham, who scored a touchdown last week. He's six foot eight. Yeah. 
Get him on the field in the red zone. Yeah, that was a crazy. He had that uh, that contested catch. Like, yeah, like right the back the shoulder, line, right? Yeah. yeah, like those are the kind of situations. I wrote an article last night that's on the site highlighheadfootball.wordpress.com, and um, and I like we were talking about fifty fifty balls, and my my receivers coach and offensive coordinator in school, Kamau Peterson, he played in the CFL, won most outstanding Canadian, played in the NFL for a bit under Herm Edwards for the Jets, and he always talked about how contested catches and 50-50 balls will change the course of the game. They can get you in field goal range. I mean, that's literally what won the New York Giants, the Super Bowl in 2007, the David Tyree helmet catch. Like, that energizes your team and gives you so much momentum and flips the field on a dime just based off of who has more dog in them and who's going to win the battle at the point of attack. It's really all about being the first off the ground because even if you're just first off the ground and you don't make the play, 90% of the time there's going to be pass interference on you because the defensive back is freaking out when they see you above their head and they start to grab at you and pull you down. So I think they need to be really trying to target Hunter Henry. I mean, even even Keenan Allen, he's a good he's a good I mean, high pointer too. Did you see the catch he made last week? Yeah, man. Like he's yeah, I I he's doing a good job at getting the ball around to different guys, and like he's he's giving guys like Jalen Guyton and I can't remember the the guy they called up last week that, yeah. that scored the first touchdown of the game. Mm-hmm. But, like, he, he's spreading the ball around, and I think it's just because he came in as the backup, so he hasn't had a lot of reps with the number ones. Right. And that's why you see, like, a lot of obscure guys getting targets, probably because he has chemistry with those guys. Right, right. And, well, and I mean, it's like they did all of that, too, against, like, no slouch of the defense. It was against yeah. Tampa Bay, who was like, as we were saying earlier, has one of the best defenses in the league. So I think they can totally do that against the Saints because, like, Malcolm Jenkins, if you can get him in a mismatch, dude, like, that guy is falling off a little bit. I'm not trying to disrespect the guy, obviously, but he's not the same player he was three years ago. He's not so much a safety anymore as he is, like, a sub-linebacker. Right. Like, he's, he's like, what, 33 or something? 34, maybe? Something like that, yeah. But I think for Herbert, like, this... He's getting thrown right into the fire. You know, like, he's he's played the Chiefs, the Bucks, and the Saints. Right. And the fact that he's... I mean, the fact that he held his water so well. Basically almost won those games. Like, they were leading 24-7 at one point, or 24-3 against Tampa Bay. Like, that is why Anthony Lynn... Just said, like, at first you're saying Tyrod Siller guy, Tyrod Siller guy, but now he's like, you know, there's you can't refute it anymore. Well, nobody believes that, though. I like, know. as soon as Herbert came in in that first <laughs> game, like, and the offense was clicking, it's like, all right, sorry, Tyrod, it happened again, buddy. Sorry about your lungs. Yeah, but, uh, like, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, and now Justin Herbert. Yeah. You know? What can you do, right? Um, and now, let's uh, touch on the final game. Save the best for last. We got... <laughs> Browns versus Colts. My Browns. Not your Colts, but your old Phillip Rivers. My old Phil. Throwing one touchdown a game, just enough to get by. Um, But honestly, this is going to be like... People have been talking about the Browns' run game. They haven't had any serious competition on it yet against the Ravens, but that was the first game of the season. We're just going to wash that to the side. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to turn that away, but... This is going to be like the real litmus test to see how legit their offensive line is. Like, 
Yeah, this is a playoff team in the AFC, no question. Yeah, best best run defense, best pass defense. Like, this is the number one squad they're going against probably all year. Like, the, the Steelers will be a solid matchup, but, like, this, this is the one, right? And, um, you know... If they can't get the run game going because they don't have Nick Chubb, like I still think Kareem Hunt is still a true number one, and I think Dearness Johnson in general, like he's a good zone runner, so he's a good change of pace back when they uh, rotate Kareem Hunt out. But I mean, like this, this is when you're going to see how good is the O line because it's all about the O line. It's kind of like the Cowboys three years ago with that O line with. Zeke. Yeah. It's like Zeke's a great running back, but it's like it's all about how good that O line looks as now you're seeing it's like Tyron Smith's out for the year now. And who was it that retired? Travis Zach Martin? Martin. Zach Martin? I think it was Travis Zach, Frederick. Tra- Travis Frederick. Yeah. It's like you can see it's like they couldn't get anything going on the ground against yeah. the Browns last week. So and they don't even have that great of a run defense, right? Yeah. So I think I think if they can't if the Browns can't get the run game going and they force Baker to drop back and pass, it's like they could be in some serious trouble yeah. there. But I also think the Browns defense has a challenge too, because cause Indy's run offense is really good. Yeah. Quentin Nelson is just Jonathan a, Taylor. Jonathan is, Taylor's amazing. And Naeem Hines like is no slouch either. I don't know. I think Jonathan Taylor is like you know, he's the next Edron James for the Colts. You know, I'm not going to yeah, yeah, give so it that much, but it's just, you could see he's like a patient runner, but also like furious at the point of contact yeah. too. And he has great bursts. He's pretty similar to a Nick Chubb kind of type player where he's like deceptively fast. Because deceptively fast, dude. no nonsense. You know, like he's not dancing. He's, he's hitting the hole. He's either going to get four or he's going to, you know, rip off a big run, but he's not going to, dance around back there and get tackled for a loss. Right. And it's just like, I think that mentality is so important as a running back to just be like, head down, I'm going to do my thing. Because it's like, look at where being a superstar has gotten someone like Le'Veon Bell now, you know? It's like, I don't, I don't know. I, I think, like I was watching Building the Browns today. Not because I'm a Browns fan, just for research purposes. But it's like Kareem Hunt even, you know? It's, he's had his issues off the field. But now it's, he was mic'd up in the Thursday night game against Cincinnati, and he's, like, just encouraging his teammates. He's like, I'm patient. I'm waiting for my time because he has Nick Chubb in front of him. And then he goes out and he produces. And it's like there's no talk going on with it. I just think that's so important. And, like, just, like, in the sense of a team, it's like you don't want to have a guy who's going to touch the ball 25 times who's, like, still going to be selfish after the fact. Yeah. Like, Le'Veon Bell would get so many touches, and maybe that's what inflated his ego and made it, like, pay me, pay me, pay me. Well, in in Le'Veon Bell's defense, like, in Pittsburgh, they were using him how Carolina uses Christian McCaffrey. Right. He was, like, he was getting, like, 80, 70, 80 catches a year. Right. And so all he said was, don't pay me like a running back, pay me like a receiver. Right. I kind of get that. I kind of get it, too, and I think it's like maybe you would get that money, too, though, if you carried yourself a bit better because you turned yourself into a locker room cancer when you're saying, if I don't get the... Like, he was made... I mean, he held out the entire year. He held out the entire year, and he's, like, posting freestyles 
<laughs> yeah. slam poetry on yeah, Instagram yeah, about yeah. how valuable he is as a player. It's you like, know, one 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 uh one podcast we got to just get into like that sub subsection of NFL players that are also rappers. Yeah, I think and Damian Lillard too, NBA. Melvin Ingram on the Chargers. Is he? Yeah. He's, oh. he's got a few albums out. He's a rap smith, I guess. I guess so, man. But, um, yeah, Quentin Nelson, we were talking about him earlier, and just, like, how once you've played football at a higher level where you can listen in on people talk, pass walking or run game, it's, like, actually so entertaining to watch. Yeah. Like, it's, like, literally poetry emotion. And then you see a guy like Quentin Nelson who does it so, like, a, not aggressively, but so methodically the way he does it it's like it's all with purpose all of his movements how aggressive he is and he has like that judo background too so he's literally throwing guys out of the hole to clear it's it's hilarious how much stronger he is than other nfl linemen right like it just makes it it's unbelievable how strong that guy is to be throwing around nfl defensive tackles like it's nothing right well i mean he's like one of the first like, like Joe Thomas came in and dominated, and people knew he was, like, elite right away. Like, Quentin Nelson, even in his, like, first three three games, it's like when you're making highlight real plays as a guard, not even a tackle, it's like... And people want to watch it. Like, yeah. fans want to see this. Like, this is... He's making offensive line sexy again, man. <laughs> he's, he's, that's what he's doing. Bring it back. Yeah. Bring it on back. <laughs> but yeah. Him against Sheldon Richardson and Larry Ogunjobi is going to be a solid matchup, dude. Because, like, Sheldon Richardson is kind of having a resurgence, too. He was a bit of a locker room issue, too. And he's, like, just gelling with Ogunjobi. He's, like, one of the most talented interior guys in the league. It just depends if he wants to play or not. Right. You know, like, he's he's a guy that turns it off and on. Right. And it's, like, gotta be on. That's something I never understood. But it's, like, when you have talent to spare, I guess... Yeah, like I turn it on and off. I was always trying to not get pancaked. You right. know? <laughs> that's my Holding thing. Holding on for dear life <laughs> and praying it doesn't go wrong. Um, yeah, if I took a playoff when I was playing, I definitely would have just gotten injured. Which well, I did. Yeah. Uh, well, we won't say it happened when you're taking a playoff, though. No, I, I, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I was trying my hardest when I yeah. saw that. All right. um, Tore my knee playing frisbee in gym class. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> um, but um, yeah. So I mean, I mean, we kind of like touched on all the all the big games of the week so far. Um, let's go into the picks, baby. Ooh. And we ain't talking Jameis Winston. Um, <laughs> pick six. I don't know. Well, we're picking five here. Four. We got four games to pick from. No, we got five. I just didn't make my picks for the fifth game. Um, Seattle. Let's do point spread picks. Do point, point spread, spread picks. picks. Okay. Okay, so Seattle versus Minnesota. Seattle's a seven-point favorite. Who you got? And then your score, too. Don't take my notes. Um, I got Seattle getting the seven. I'm going 28-21. I'm <laughs> going Seattle seven, nothing. Uh, <laughs> wait, what was it? 2821. 2821. Okay. I got I got Seattle covering the spread. Final score 34-24. I think Tyler Lockett goes off. I think they shadow DK Metcalf the whole game with a safety over top bracket him. And uh, yeah, I think it's 
Uh, Honestly, I think Chris Carson has a big game, too. Hmm. I think Chris Carson has a big game, too. Okay, Philly versus Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a seven-point favorite. Um, I do not have Philly covering the spread. I'll probably go 31-17 Pittsburgh. Okay. All right, all right. I got Philadelphia covering final score, Pittsburgh 27-24. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Raiders versus Chiefs. Chiefs are a 13-point favorite. I mean, I think the Raiders could make a game out of it, but I just, I don't, like, I don't like their confidence against the Chiefs. Like, the, the Chiefs just run the division. I think every team in that division is scared of the Chiefs. Right. I think it definitely does make a difference when it's, like, it's an out-of-division game or an out-of-conference game versus, like, oh, we got to see these guys twice, and we always care about yeah, them. Yeah, and, like, they always get stomped. So I, I think... So they're a 13-point favorite? 13-point favorite, yeah. As of... What day is it? It's Friday, October 9th. So it could change. Actually, you know what? I, I got the Raiders. You got the Raiders? I got the Raiders. I'm going to go Kansas City. I'm going to go Kansas City... 35, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, 24. Did I say Oakland? I don't know, maybe. Probably. I just, I almost said Oakland. Oh, so. whatever. Okay, so I got Raiders covering two. Final score, 31 to 20 for the Chiefs. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Chargers versus the Saints. Saints are seven and a half point favorite. Uh, I mean, I got the Chargers covering the spread. And maybe I'm just making this pick because I don't want to jinx them. But I'm going to go the Saints 24, Chargers 21. Saints 24, Chargers 21. That's a tight game. Low scoring, too. I got Chargers covering 37-31 for the Saints. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to happen. I don't know. But like That's the thing with that one, too. That's the one I'm the most conflicted about. I mean, the Browns I'm only conflicted about because I'm a fan and I want them to win, so I never want to bet against them. But, like, I don't know, dude. I think the Chargers are like... Like, I really think Justin Herbert is... That dude. I I totally agree. I just... I don't trust them to score points yet. Mm -hmm. They're putting up huge yards. The offense is moving. Things are looking very bright. And I know this year is kind of just like a... It's his rookie year, so let's just like let him play and let him develop. Right. And there's not super high expectations. But, uh... Yeah, if they can start putting the ball in the end zone, I think there's a chance that they can sneak into the playoffs somehow. Probably, dude. I mean, it's like they're not going to win the division, but yeah, they but could definitely get one of the wild card spots. Um, like it could, I think it could be like Cleveland and the Chargers in that wild card spot. Yeah, because Buffalo is probably going to win the division, and they've been taking up one of those wild card spots. Man, it could be New England too. I don't know. The AFC is just stacked. I feel like this it's year. stacked, and it's like the Chiefs, and then a lot of teams just like really competitive for a second. Right. Talent wise, I think that's why I love football. Is anything can happen in the playoffs? Like the some random team could take down the Chiefs, and then the AFC's wide open, right? right. Like, I definitely think like the Super Bowl hangover is real, though. 
most of the time. They've looked pretty sharp. They've looked sharp, but I mean, their offense is kind of like sputtered a little bit in the last two weeks. Like, they've been... I think it also has to do with, like, teams bringing their A game. It's like, this is the Super Bowl champion. Like, right. everyone is just, like, on the Mahomes hype train. They're right. like, this is the best quarterback talent we've ever seen, you know? And right. so every team wants to be like, watch what we can do to Mahomes. Right. Absolutely. And I think, too, it's, like, in terms of speed, like, I mean, let's we'll, let's save this topic for next week because we were throwing the ball around the other day and we were talking, you asked, you're like, you asked me, like, do you think Pat Mahomes is going to do to football what Steph Curry did to basketball? Right. So let's wait because I think that's a really good topic that we could spend a lot of time on for the Monday show or Tuesday or whatever. So let's save that, but I think it's kind of like the same thing with Tyreek yeah. Hill to a sense because speed becomes slowed down after long enough. It's like you could have a guy who runs a 4-5 covering Tyreek Hill after you see that speed yeah. over enough time, you know? Like not in a flat-out foot race, but in terms of football. Covering? Yeah, you just... Yeah, there's definitely ways to cover guys faster than you. Right. Okay, so let's, let's save that for next week. But okay. final one, Browns versus Indianapolis. Indy is a two-point favorite. Who you got? You know what, man? I think I think I think the Browns can win. I'm gonna go Cleveland twenty-one, Indy eighteen. Twenty-one, eighteen. Okay, I got Cleveland winning outright. 31 27. <laughs> 49 to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they, they scored 30 in three straight games, so I'm uh I don't know. I think I think Baker could turn the corner and they could open up the playbook a little bit more for him because they got Odell involved early. If they can do the same and just get the ball in his hands, especially with Chubb out, give him a couple more runs. I think it's I think they can start to open things up a little bit more and get them passing maybe like even just five more times with longer developing plays because they have the ability to be a big chunk big chunk team. And it's like Baker in his rookie year, he had those moments where he was making big throws down the field. Like he has the arm to uncork it. And I think maybe he's finally getting comfortable knowing that he has a really good offensive line. Right? Yeah. So it, it, I think with Baker, it is all about just – like, allowing him to feel confident and get in his groove instead of being like, hey, Baker, carry us to a win. Right. You know, like, in in Oklahoma, they did a lot of RPOs. They did, like, oh. That's just the video. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. You know, they, like, ran plays to make him comfortable instead of being like, hey, we're going to run this divide concept and you're going to throw a, you know, a deep pass on first down. Right. Exactly. Like, I... You know, I think they're going to get it going. I think he is getting a bit more confident, and they definitely reviewed the film and told him, stop rolling out of the pocket. <laughs> when they start fanning the defenders out, step up inside, and if you're going to run, run down the middle of the field because you can't get angles on anyone because you're not that fast and you're not yeah. that athletic. It's like maybe you were in the Big 12, but that's just not the case anymore. Yeah, I love Baker, like, his, like, athleticism, he kind of just looks like a dude, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, if like, we... I mean, it's Physically, kinda... he's just, like, a dude. Like, yeah. he's in the same shape as, like, our friends. Right. <laughs> he's, he's got that, like, that brick 
Trunky. Thick stomach, yeah. Trunky. He's a trunky Colin Coward, where you at? But, um, okay, well, I mean, we're kind of running out of time. Yeah, let's wrap this thing up. I won, I mean, I feel like last week we were a bit more on than we were this week, to be honest, but it's, uh... It's probably the fact that we're at your apartment instead of mine. Yeah, so. that's probably it. We need your cat biting our feet or something yeah, we're doing exactly. This. Keeps us on, on the bit. It's a little hot in here, too. It really but, is. Um, we're going to bring it next time, okay? We're not going to have this sputtering... I mean, we're also dealing with the fact that my phone is filming us to try and get the video, and we had to keep... And Joey's sister screamed at us from outside the window. Yeah, you know? because she was coming over, and I forgot about it and lost track of time. But that's regard... That's irregardless of the point. We're going to cut this one. cut that out. <laughs> but um yeah check out uh i mean follow us on ig at highlight hub that's h-i-l-i-t-e-h-u-b for all the listeners thank you Cody, thank you very andrew, much hit the follow yeah and uh oh wait actually we got andrew right here um i think the falcons are gonna win this week 49 to 15 and I'm not talking about the 40 winders. <laughs> they just won't be able to stop the high-flying attack. Imagine this is the one that blows up and no one gets the inside. It's like, we got 10,000 listeners in this episode. They're like, what's the bit at the end about this guy that they went to high school? Well, then with? Andrew's a, an internet celebrity. He's going to be like the cranberry. If this episode guy. blows up, we'll, we'll, we'll put Andrew's... Uh, handle on our Instagram. You guys can go follow him and harass him. Okay. Yeah. All right. And just comment: Is he loving on all yeah. of his posts? Is but he loving? That's that's uh, that's besides the point. Thank you for listening. Check out highlighthubfootball.wordpress.com. I'm gonna connect the URL pretty soon, so it's just highlighthub.com. But whatever, check it out. Read some articles. I put new ones up a couple times a week. Break down some plays, matchups, and recap some games. But uh, yeah, we'll see you later. And uh, hit us with the outro music. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> That's All it. Right.